You're listening to your MBA podcast with Larry O'Brien. Kane, your wet dream has finally become reality. You got Little Mountain handling your balls, and now Ben, Big Man Simmons, can shoot his bricks all over your face. Hush. Close your eyes, Kane. Ben Simmons is coming. This is Rollhead. Harden, Simmons, McCollin, Levert, Porzingis, Dinwiddie, Bertans, Monroe, Schroeder, Freedom, Powell, Covington, Halliburton, Kane, we've got them all. We're covering them all. But first of all, okay, as you can tell, I'm a little bit excited today. I'm a little bit excited. Yeah. I mean, I think you're more excited than I am because I'm kind of uh, tense at this moment. I, we can get into the trade, but I, I don't know which way to go at this point. I don't know if I should love it or if it all goes foobar. Also, other like shows usually um, caveat that uh, they don't spend an entire show uh, talking about trades that haven't happened yet, but that's exactly what we did. We talked about... I don't know what else there is to say. We talked about Ben Simmons to James, for James Harden before it even happened. What else, what else is there left to say at this point? Our source is mostly our guts. Yeah. They don't lie. You have to trust your gut. I trust my gut more than any source. I felt, I felt it. I felt it. I felt it in my loins. We've been talking about this for a long time. You're, you're saying Kyrie. Okay, let's just leave that part out, okay? Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> I predicted this. I predicted this. Yeah, you did. You did. I think at the end of the day, though, it is Katie siding, preferring to like, side with the unvaccinated Kyrie over the hamstring brittle James Harden. That's ultimately what he chose. Because if, if, if they could get Ben Simmons for whatever reason and it would make the team better, they, they chose to keep Kyrie. Because uh, KD, I guess, has a better relationship with Kyrie than he does with James Harden. Because also the reports are saying that um, uh, weeks before uh, the trade even happened, there was very tension where they weren't communicating with each other, Harden and KD. On the court, they weren't communicating like after like practice and whatever. They, they weren't really talking to each other. So it seemed like the writing was in a war and the relationship was unsalvageable. And that's why it became even clearer to the trade deadline that they should trade him because... At, at the end of the day, yes, he might play. He might continue to play hard for the Nets um, for the rest of the season, try to win a chip. But it, it was almost a certainty that he wouldn't resign with the Nets or pick up his play option with the Nets, and that means we would we would have risked losing him for nothing. And I think Philly knew that, and I think that's why Philly needs to be uh, uh, sued for tampering or something in the highest court because uh, clearly they tampered in this deal. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But hold it right there, Kane. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Okay, I'm in. Okay, I'm here to win. Me. I'm here to win at all cost. Yeah. I don't care if they're tampering or not. If I, it was I was Sean Marks, Joe Sai. I've been calling the NBA office ASAP, ASAP. There's tampering going on. We talked to James. We talked to James. He said he was going to stay. That's all he said this week. These, <laughs> this past two weeks, all he said yeah. was that he was going to stay. And all of a sudden. He wants to go to Philadelphia? How? What? Why? Check the phones. Check the phones. Play the tape. Also, apparently he's, uh, he was delayed getting to Philadelphia to get his physical, and that held up uh, the entire trade, meaning Andre Drummond and Seth Curry, the other parts of the trade, um, 
couldn't couldn't get the physicals and couldn't uh, oh no could get the physicals but couldn't um, join the nets suit up for the nets yet because uh, they had to complete everyone's physicals before the trade is complete and ben, and and James Harden landed late in Philadelphia um, so who knows maybe Darren Murray is playing extra games saying the longer we hold up the physical means the longer uh, you know the Nets are without any of the players from any of the trade uh, any of the as a result of the trade. Plan is probably late because they weren't expecting to carry all that extra weight. <laughs> well, carrying extra weight. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how many passengers do we have? This is strange. Uh, just unexpected. And then James Hans like ah. Oh, uh, Daryl, can you jump off, please? <laughs> <laughs> you brushed it off. I think it's legit. I think that's there's a legit claim here that surely there was tampering going on. How can a player who supposedly have no interaction with a different team all of a sudden get moved to that team, that set team, when he's been telling the Nets for weeks and weeks and weeks, and the media for that matter, over the last two weeks, that... He wants to stay in Brooklyn, that he intends to stay in Brooklyn, that he intends, intends to sign, re-sign with Brooklyn over the week or over the summer. So how can someone that's so focused on Brooklyn over a span of a day or two become comfortable with moving to Philadelphia? Something had to be going mm. on. He never, yeah, I mean, he never publicly requested a trade. So if he never publicly requested a trade, how is it that the Nets feel all of a sudden that they need to move him? It feels like James has been talking to someone. I mean, obviously he was talking to someone, but... Let's get Joe Sai. We need to find Joe Sai. <laughs> Joe Sai is used to... Let's get, let's get your Chinese spies on this. We, <laughs> he probably has record of this. He just, bought, he just gets all his equipment from Alibaba. We gotta check those Huawei equipment that he's buying. 5G, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's extra scrutiny as well because he, as soon as he, as soon as the trade happened, he opted into his player, into his player option, like immediately. And I don't know, maybe that's fine because, like, you say, like, hey, we could, we will only take James Harden if the agent agrees that he will um, take on his player option. So maybe that's above board, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really know where the line is for tampering charges um, mid-season as well because. Maybe there is, as, at least from the agent's perspective, like agent to agent, maybe there is a level of, of dialogue that's allowed to happen. And I don't know where that, what that line is. Yeah, I know, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's not tampering. I'm saying like, what's the, from the NBA stance, does it constitute tampering where the organization is literally, Moore is literally uh, like talking to James Harden. Like that is obviously, tamp like that is undeniable tampering. But these backdoor channels where James Harden's agent is talking to another agent that represents or, you know, works as a side gig for the six as a consultant or something like that. How could the NBA enforce that level of, of you know, discussion? You know, it's hard to regulate that. I think Mora was talking to Harden through uh, Clangelo's wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's a usual channel, right? That's how they talk to their key players. I don't, I don't know if uh, there is actually, I mean, the league's going to do anything about it. Clearly, there's tampering. There's tampering all the time. Um, but my point being that if you want to win, if I was Sean Marks, I'd be calling the league. I've been asking them to investigate this. And if Philly has to give up draft picks because of this, like the Milwaukee Bucks did, then 
Um, I'm okay with that, right? That's advantage to me, and I'm trying to win here. Mm. Uh, just, um, I think this is a good segue to this, but Hodden uh, could earn mass massive salary. His next extension would be the biggest salary ever in the NBA, where uh, his next five-year contract by the age of 38, five years later, he could be earning like upwards of $67 million a year. That's like his last year, which would just be inconceivable. I don't know what the salary cap will be by then. Maybe it's still be a third, but um, third of the salary cap, sorry. Um, but this is where it gets tricky because apparently, um, okay, stay with me here. Uh, and I'm reading this. An opt-in and trade, opt-in as in his opt-in to his player contract, which is the way that uh, Harden would earn a higher salary is, you know, this, this play option, opt-in. Um, he must exercise his play option by June 29, and he's not permitted to talk to other teams until June 30th. Uh, so it's practically impossible to see how an opt-in and trade would work without tampering. So June, this is obviously the, the off-season, so maybe this doesn't count, like the day is not lined up. But uh, considering that he was playing for the Brooklyn Nets, and he suddenly opted in immediately uh, as soon as he let, like as soon as the trade was announced, it does sound a bit fishy that, you know, his plan was always to opt in. He, you know, because he was saying like, I don't want to opt in yet. I want to see what options are. Mm. I might want to see free agency. He wasn't going to leave money on the table because if he just went to a free agency, he would have lost like whatever, hundreds of millions of dollars. He was going to always opt in, but he was never going to opt in with the Nets. So he was waiting till he he got to Philadelphia basically. Then he would he would he would uh, opt in then, because that would unlock the maximum amount of money that he could possibly get with his next um, ex uh, contract extension. So I think we're in agreement that we suspect that there is tampering, and uh, I think we're both, I hope you're in... I mean, I was joking at first, but I guess now, now that you've sort of uh, fleshed it out... Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not joking at all. I'm not joking at all. We're not playing in peewee league here, okay? There's no gentleman's agreement. You win. You do all it takes to win. Forget about the numbers, forget about the tampering. Like you said, this is not the fucking Pee Wee League. This isn't the the YMCA. This is the this is the NBA and these two teams are these two teams are serious. They wanna play. They've traded draft picks away. They've given everything to in the pursuit of winning a championship. ASAP. So who who won this deal? In your eyes. Be honest. This is a slam dunk win for the Nets. Now, over the past week there's been a lot of discussion around this trade, obviously. My feeling is that people think that somehow it's a neutral trade or that even Philly got the better deal out of this, that they've acquired James Harden. I say, hold the brakes, okay? Last year, when James Harden was still in Houston, people were talking about James Harden like he was Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin, like this guy is done. And now he showed some flashes of shows some flashes of excellence MVP level play last year. And now people are, or was back in the bandwagon. But since the playoffs, since get that injury, we haven't seen MVP level James Harden. Now, you know, being a Nets fan, sometimes mm. you'll tell me- Not even close. You sometimes tell me like, oh yeah, he, he, you know, he shows, he's showing you that MVP level sometimes. He's averaging this, this many points. He's an all-star. No, I, I never said, said that. Okay, yeah, no, that's I... exactly what you said. Because you're a homer, okay? You love the Nets, you, you want, <laughs> You love that Ben Simmons juice, okay? And I, I didn't correct you, okay? I'm, I'm trying to be uh, polite here. But 
I knew. I knew. <laughs> I saw it with my own eyes. James Harden is done. He's done. Okay. I'm not saying he can't be an all star anymore, but MVP James Harden? I don't think so. I think this is a slam dunk for the Nets on two fronts. One, they acquire Ben Simmons, who, you know, I'm not a fan mm. of Ben Simmons, but on the Nets, I'm a huge mm. fan of Ben Simmons. I love Ben Simmons now. I, mm. I love him on the Nets. So I feel like you acquired a superior talent who's 25 years old, who plays defense, which this team lacks, who can rebound, which again, this team lacks, who can push the ball, which again, sometimes this team lacks. Because, and also you have a player who, who takes the ball out of, out of Kyrie's hands all the time. And Kyrie, obviously, phenomenal dribbling wizard, but sometimes maybe over dribbling a little bit. So now you have a pure facilitator. Plus, you have Ben Simmons in a position where there's no pressure on Ben Simmons. This is KD's team. All the pressure's on Kyrie to prove himself to be a winner without LeBron, without big brother LeBron. There's no pressure on Ben Simmons. Look at what's being written about Ben Simmons. He's like, they're writing him off like he's some G leaguer that should be out of the league, right? There's no pressure on him. So the only way up, the only direction is up. And guess what? If this was a 30-year-old Ben Simmons, I'd be, it'd be a little bit different, but this is a 25-year-old Ben Simmons who all he's known for his entire career is a dysfunctional organization of Philadelphia where, you know, they're, they're drafting, they, they've had like 10 first round top 10 picks that they've squandered away. Ownership and GM videotaping number one picks, Markel Fodes and leaking it to the media. Criticizing Markel, criticizing Joel, I think at some point, criticizing Okafor. I think, didn't they criticize Okafor about his arrest at some point, but leak, uh, criticizing it via some burner account. This is a dysfunctional organization. In other words, Ben Simmons has never had, was never a part of a win, a winning culture. And I think under the mentorship of Durant, under the mentorship of Steve Nash, not as a coach, but just yeah, I was gonna say. a superior player, but just as a superior player, right? That knows something about passing, that knows about winning. Mm. Under the mentorship of a Sean Marks, of a Joe Sai, I know what you feel about Joe Sai's heritage, but I'll, put it, I'll say it right now, Joe Sai is a savvy businessman. He is very smart. I like that. I like that for Ben. I mean, Joe Sai might be the reason I might stop rooting for the Nets in the okay, near stop. future. Okay, don't 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 hate your character. That's, uh, don't hate me. How don't much I? Me. That's how much I. Uh, you know, I, you, I despise. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk about your other hero, Ennis Freedom Cantor later. Okay. Yeah, I like I like it. I like it. So on a talent level, I feel like Nets got a superior deal. But more importantly. There's another level to this. It's what you've mentioned, James Harden's contract. Philadelphia must extend James Harden. And guess what? That's gonna lock James Harden up for a very long time. And also guess what? James Harden is not CP3. Very few people are CP3. Being 37, 38 and playing like this, it's a miracle. Age 38, he paid six, over $60 million. It'll be a miracle if James Harden can move in two years' time. For all I know, he's going to be injured this season. He's going to be injured this season. And what do you have over in South Philadelphia? You have Joel Embiid, who has a history of injury. Now, he's reshaped his body. He's taking this really seriously. 
But at the same time, this is a center. This is a seven foot something center with a history of injury. You add that combination mm. with a Ben Sim or not Ben Sim with a James Harden overweight power forward sized James Harden, who's lost a step, lost a couple of steps, can't shoot, can't jump, just like carries the ball and barrels into people now. I'm concerned for Philadelphia. I'm concerned about the Sixers. Daryl Morey, he doesn't care. You see what he's done in Houston. He's taking free shots here with the owner's money, with the Philly fans' future. So I'm very concerned about this dual pairing. Don't give me this MVT talk. I don't want to hear it. Okay, I haven't seen Joel Embiid play injury-free for two seasons in a row. So let me see that first. I haven't seen James Harden do jack shit in the playoffs. So let me see that first. Checkmate. Mm. Checkmate! Try to number one. I think um, I think a lot of people were excited that uh, James Hunt landed in Philadelphia. I think a lot of people were calling Daryl Morey the genius because he was able to wait and wait and wait with all these uh, shit tr- trade offers that were coming towards Ben Simmons, like a you know Sacramento Kings offer or Indiana Pacers offer. Or there there weren't any contending teams that were willing to trade for Ben Simmons, and he held out and he held out and he finally got James Harden. Considering what I've read on Reddit, the final piece to the Sixers championship, uh, you know, puzzle, at least, you know, for this year at least. Now, I think it's very possible, but I think it takes two leap of faith. You're expecting Tyrese Maxey to play like a superstar because James Harden's going to have off nights. In the playoffs, it's, it's, it's no exaggeration. He is not himself. He is not, even if he plays MVP level form for the rest of the regular season, Playoff Harden is a different story. He's not the same level of player. Now, I believe in Joel Embiid. I think he's he does. I think he deserved to be MVP last year, even though he was injured. Because as a player, I thought he was superior than I think he's a superior player than Jokic. But whatever. I think he deserves it this year because he's playing at a higher level and he's scoring a lot. And it's a weird of a transition of team trying to get James Harden. And if James Harden plays well uh, for the rest of the regular season, it's only going to boost his uh, Joel Embiid's credentials. Now, whatever. Like, let's just say those two are givens to help this team get into a solid playoff seeding. The guy that it falls to, I'm not talking about Tobias Harris because I don't believe in him anymore. The guy that it falls to is Tyrese Maxey. Now, he's a young player. I think he has good potential. Uh, you know, not not like... Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know where he stands. Like, I think his ceiling could be Fred Van Vliet kind of, kind of level. Like, hard, tough nose. He's a great defender. Great scorer, he can shoot. He he's an incredibly great good shooter. But can he take that next level to be a, a star, one of the star players you can count on night in night out for the Sixers? I think that's where this, because they don't have young players. Like you said, it's an almost certainty that they have to sign James Harden to that max deal because if they offer less than that, they'll be insult. He'll walk. He won't sign the Sixers, and then they give up all this draft capital and all these players for what nothing basically. And Joel Embiid is stuck. Is left with. Without Ben Simmons, without those draft picks, it's it will be, be a huge sunk cost. They have to sign James Harden. Um, that's a certainty. But what um, makes this more palatable is if Tyrese Maxey or Mighty's Tyball steps up, these young guys step up and become star players for the Sixers and offsets James Harden's uh, like necessity to be such a productive player. He can potentially... I don't think this is true, but I think he could potentially potentially gracefully decline into just a shooter. This is a moot point. 
you trade for James Harden because you think he can play at MVP level. I don't want to hear like trading for James Harden is dependent on like Tybo and like Maxi becoming stars. Then why trade for James Harden? But let's think about it this way: you're not, you don't need to, you don't need MVP level James Harden because Joel Embiid is the MVP. So you don't need an other MVP level player. You need a guy that complements Joel Embiid and. On paper, it complements him so well. Like, I mean, who has who has James Harden played with really well in Houston days that like unlocked his pick and roll play? No one. I mean, the best was um D'Antoni. Um, no, no, the cent- the center Clint Capella. Clint Capella was got this massive contract out of, out of out of playing with James Harden. Um, who is he playing with now? He's playing with fucking Joel Embiid, the king of pick and rolls, the guy that can do everything. He can he can. Go to the rim and dunk on Jared Allen like he did today, or he can slip up, like slip out, and and hit and sink a three pointer, if he's if he's you know stays healthy. The the guy is the perfect fit for James Harden, um, but you know we'll see because he's not a perfect. Okay, I, I disagree with that. He's not a perfect fit for James Harden. The only star player that James Harden, no, I think, is a perfect fit. The only star player that James Harden has ever really played with, other than like this year with the Nets and last year with the Nets is Dwight Howard. Now, I'm not saying Dwight Howard is Joel Embiid. Dwight Howard is very injured, though, in his days with Houston. But my point is James Harden is about James Harden. That Houston team was built around James Harden. Clint Capella can excel because Clint Capella is asked to just stand under the net there and wait his turn yes, and wait for James Harden to feed him. That, you think Joel Embiid is going to be happy waiting there for James Harden to feed him? This is Joel Embiid's team. I think this is all true, but just remember that this was the same dynamic that was plaguing Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together. Now, you might, you might be uh, trading a problem for another problem, but I think it's a better problem because you're, you're trading a non-asset, basically. You're trading a guy that was not willing to play for your team at all for James Harden and paper, that's a fucking sexy name to have on your team. James Harden with Joel Embiid. That's, that, that sounds hella good. That sounds way better than what Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo is going to give you. James Harden and Joel Embiid playing together. And they all had to give up was this player that didn't want to play for them in the first place. It, on paper, it sounds like a slam dunk. Now, I'm tending to agree with you that the Nets won. Because uh, just on the basic fact that James Harden's contract extension is going to be a fucking albatross and uh, Ben Simmons is already locked up for another four years and he's 25 years old um, but he does have uh, what's the word mental problems and that that's something you can't diagnose and it's something that you can't fix easily it's not something that in the short term you just win and he's going to be happy it's something you have to continue to work out it's something you have to continually be cognizant and, and supportive of and it might not be the easiest thing you know it's not like Kyrie Irving oh no sorry not Kyrie Irving it's not like Kevin Durant who just loves basketball and just plays basketball and he's going to do every he's going to play 45 minutes a night he's not going to complain it's not like that Ben Simmons is going to complain he's going to be a headache to whoever whichever coach he's going to have and it's not always going to be easy street so there there is complication there's problems that Ben Simmons brings along to the Nets as well. It's not, it, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be that rosy. I think if Ben Simmons was traded to Sacramento, that concern would be legitimate. But in Brooklyn, I feel like he has 
a legitimate support group. Mm, it's negated by a lot, yeah, for sure. Because Kevin Durant is. You've got Kyrie Irving also suffering from mental problems. He'll be a support person. What, what do you mean? Check some of his Instagram posts, and then you tell me. In addition, obviously, you have someone like Patty Mills, who has kind of like a hometown, college buddy kind of feel to it, buddy kind of feel to it. And I know that that's helpful because I remember years ago listening to interviews with Joe Ingo and Joe Ingo getting along with Ben Simmons. That's a bit overstating it, though, because Ben Simmons, when he first came to the league, um, you know, just he always knew he was going to make the league when he was in high school in America. He's, he always knew he was going to be in the league. And yes, it was probably welcoming when he first came to the league that, um, you know, having some fellow Australians is like a cool thing. But I think since then, he's, he's probably very Californian. Like, uh, he's very Hollywood now. He, he dates, I don't know who he dates, a fitness model and he drives the flashy cars and look at his Instagram it's all about like uh, it's, all shirt, it's all shirtless shots and trying to be cool and wearing like you know Armani shirts and I know whatever like he's very about that lifestyle and Brooklyn fits that Brooklyn has um, that personality that can suit his uh, you know his wants you know emotionally and culturally but how do you know that he's always going to be basketball focused you know you don't know because that comes with his lifestyle that he's always going to be looking at other things look i agree that ben simmons is hollywood but i'm saying that patty mills one we know is a professional second just by having that shared background it gives you an end to the conversation it just feels a little bit different i'm not saying they become best friends i mean i don't think tyball and ben simmons or tyball and ben simmons are both australian and it didn't seem like they got oh, are they oh <laughs> Okay, I take it back then. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is... I mean, you're right. P- Patty Mills is the best Australian player of all, t- of all time, at least um, representing Australia, not in terms of talent, like just being Australian. And also Sean Marks as well, right? Sean Marks, isn't he like Aussie or Kiwi? Sean Marks is Kiwi. Well, I mean, close enough, it's right? Kiwi. Close enough. Most people don't, can't tell the difference. Well, no, like, it's very different accents and Can Ben tell the difference? I mean, Ben Simmons doesn't even have an Australian accent, so... Yeah. It's all first fleet, mate! It's all first fleet! Okay, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I think... <laughs> Are I they think all he, first fleet? I think he thinks, like... His Australian heritage is, like, a cute little background story. He doesn't... He doesn't associate himself as Australian, I think. Can you explain to our listeners, is... Was New Zealand also discovered by Captain Cook, the same person who discovered Australia? I have no idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Of course, we don't learn about New Zealand. What do we? What do we care about New Zealand for? Australia is its own country. I'm gonna check this next uh, for our listeners next week. I mean, okay, well, but I'm just without saying, googling it. I assume not because. Well, do you want to hear my answer or not? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I assume he didn't because when Captain Cook came over, as you know, he fucking like raped all the indigenous population and tried to whitewash the entire country. But in New Zealand, they, they've preserved the indigenous culture, which is Maori. And even in school to this day, they teach Maori to kids in, in schools and stuff. So the fact that they're much more integrated with the indigenous culture, it probably means to me that they were discovered by a different person. That was a bit more, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I think it's not by Captain Cook. Because Captain Cook came over and just raped and pillaged everybody. Right. Look, all I'm saying is that in... Brooklyn, Ben Simmons has all the, as much support as you could expect and want. 
right? You want support about basketball. You talk to KD. You talk to two-time back-to-back MVP Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash is a big one, yeah. You got mental problems. You go talk to Kyrie. Kyrie's full of mental problems, okay? Woman problems. You talk to Blake Griffin. You got the same taste in women, okay? It worked. All right. Okay. <laughs> hey, but like on that Steve Nash one, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good oh joke. Uh, on oh. that, oh, on that. Sorry. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> on that Steve Nash point, though, I, I think it's like it's really important because out of any of the players that you just mentioned, they all have different skill sets. Steve Nash, yeah, of course he was a good shooter. He's a Hall of Famer. But out of all the players that he has at his disposal, or, you know, players that played in the game, Steve Nash is the closest thing to Ben Simmons in terms of like a pure point guard. And that's what Ben Simmons is. He's a pure point guard that just can't shoot the fucking ball. And I, I think that Steve, he's never had a coach like Steve Nash. Let's be honest. You've got that. But I do want to touch on another thing. And I think it's being lost in all this discussion, which is Seth Curry. I really dig Seth. Seth Curry, and he was a big reason that Joel and the Sixers were successful this year. The Seth Curry pick and roll. Mm. That's a big get for the Nets, especially if you can bring Joel Harris back. It's not a given. It's not a given. It's not a given. He might have another surgery, so I don't know about that. But like, if we're hopeful, in the best case scenario, if Joel Harris can come back with a Seth Curry, I think you've got an Eastern version of the Splash Brothers. And that's, not a, that's no joke. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is a Warriors dynamic that they can play at. You know, Ben Simmons would take that Draymond Green role, and then you have four shooters surrounding the perimeter, and Ben Simmons can just occupy the middle and the top, um, you know, can freelance around that area. Uh, and then he can get back on defense and stop fast breaks. Like, he isn't, he isn't ultimate play if his head's right. But we, we saw in Philadelphia, towards the end, when, I guess, tensions were fraying, he... he He's scared. He's scared to go to the basket because he doesn't want to go to the foul line. He doesn't want to shoot at all, even if he's given tons of space. Um, he, he practices like with the wrong hand. He's like practicing with his, he's practicing shooting with his left hand and stuff like that when he's right-handed. Well, I think yeah, I think that's the way. But he his confidence was so shot, and I guess the Philly crowd doesn't help um, mm. taunting him and making fun of him if he really does have mental issues. Um, that you know he, he's trying to suppress, but I guess he can't. Like it really is affecting him. I just yeah. I I I kind of hope that it's like kind of weird because I hope he comes back soon um, and just and just kind of plays it out and gets confidence back on the court. But he has to do it his own process if you know these mental issues are legitimate, and that might take a while. That might be a few more weeks because he needs to get comfortable with his surroundings and he needs to. Uh, talk to the team to understand like how we should play. This literally could take you know past All Star All Star game uh, All Star weekend in, in like you know a few weeks after that. So it might be a while before we see see Ben Simmons. And I think that's when people will be like, okay, well the Nets losing streak has gone from ten to fifteen or sixteen now because KD is still out. We know Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving isn't playing all the games. It, <laughs> James Harden's gone now. Ben Simmons isn't here. It really can get very ugly fast. Um, and that's the problem. Like you now actually facing a problem where the Nets might miss the play. I'd, unlikely, but they might miss the playoffs because uh, the worst case scenario keeps happening. Kyrie Irving could get injured because he's playing so much um, in away games that he could get injured. And Kyrie Irving is definitely no 
I mean, he's 29, but he's no spring chicken when it comes to injuries. He he sometimes just gets nicks and injuries that that lost with him, especially his ankle. His ankle could still be not 100%. So, yeah. There's no slam dunk. I do agree with that. But I think it's more about given the situation. Like, yeah, unless James Harden falls off a fucking cliff and breaks both his ACLs, he's going to get the contract extension. It, it would be absolutely dumb shit crazy if Daryl Morey doesn't give him the full extension. Well, he has to, and that's a problem because the thing is we've seen James Harden is that within a couple of months, within the year, he wants a trade. And he's willing to basically not play. Like, I know physically he's on the court, but he's not playing, basically. You know, he scored two points against Sacramento Kings. That's not playing, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's transferred, but his bird rights, I think, goes with the trade. So whoever he gets traded to, obviously, if he, if he leaves his contract, he can't get the maximum money. But as long as he gets traded and those bird rights, whatever that means, goes with him, he's always going to be entitled to that huge... $60 million in year five when he's 38 years old. And some team's going to pay him that because he's still, he's still going to be a good player. Like this, most people are going to look at the season and think like, oh, you know, it's just an aberration because he was dealing with hamstring injuries the entire year. And that might be true. He might have a really good year 33, you know, or year 34 might still be really good. But then what? Year 34 is the year one of his contract extension. How about year 35, year 36, year 37, year 38? What are those years going to look like? I don't need to look out two years ahead of time. I'm looking at James Harden now, and I've made up my mind. I know this very well. I'm looking at West, Russell Westbrook. You want anyone looking to pay Russell mm. Westbrook $50 million? I don't see any suitors. I don't see any takers. How about John Wall? So you can't convince me that James Harden isn't one year away from a Russell Westbrook, given that we, what we've seen this year from James Harden. And the way he treats his body as well. The way he treats his body, but his attitude, I mean, if you can't tough it out with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, then you're a loser. It's simple as that. I like, I like, the, I like to see you call that to his face. I like to see the scenario. I like to see the scenario where Dave is like talking to James Harden's face and saying, look, if you can't tough it out... You're a loser. Oh, I, I, it'd be yes, sir, no, sir. <laughs> no, no, it'd be you're a loser, Miss, Mr. Harden, sir. Could, could I have an autograph, please? I I'm a huge fan, <laughs> Mr. Harden, please. I'm a huge fan. Can I kiss your shoes, please? I'm a huge fan. You're a star, MVP, MVP. Okay, rapid fire, Kay. We're gonna go through these other trades. Rapid fire. Lakers did jack shit. Next, CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. This is a big one. It seems that the uh, the Blazers are putting up the white flag. They're breaking it up. They're well. They're getting salary cap space, and maybe they might do something to try to sign new blood to convince Dame that they're still competitive. That Dame, you know, won't force a trade. That they're still being competitive. So they're retooling. You know, they're not going to try to just blow up the team for nothing. They're blowing up the team to get cap space so that they can make big signings to you know, show Dame that this is still a legitimate team. On the other side, I think that's the more interesting part. Does CJ, and CJ's already come out and played for Pelicans and played amazingly. Uh, now that it's like pretty much his team. Like, I don't know Brandon Ingram's how he's still inconsistent sort of entity. But uh, is CJ and Brandon Ingram with Zion, once Zion comes back, 
and plays with these two, is that enough to convince him to stay? Or does he just sign that one-year qualifying offer and then just get the fuck out of town after that one-year extension? Because it's all about trying to keep Zion, right? This is the biggest, best talent that they've ever had. If, they, if the Pels lose Zion, that's back to irrelevance, basically. CJ is definitely, I think, a great get for it's the Pelicans. It's a bold move, for sure. It's a bold move. But I'm not sure if it's enough to convince Zion. And I don't know. I mean, at some point, it's not like... It's not like Zion, if he went to New York, there's an... Like, we all know where Zion wants to go. He wants to go to New York. Seems like that's the yeah, obvious one. If you got your mind set on New York already, like, would you, do you really care whether you add CJ and add another five wins or ten wins? They need to show actual progress in the playoffs. Like, first, make the playoffs first. Or maybe win a round, and maybe Zion convince... Because then the Knicks, you see the Knicks, and they miss the playoffs, or they don't, uh, you know, they fail in the play-in tournament. These are things that might influence his decision-making. Uh, that the Knicks are just no better off than the Pelicans. So he may as well stay with the Pelicans because he's more concerned with winning than the market. Because any market is, is going to be good for Zion. Zion's always... He's got a signature shoe already playing in New Orleans. You know, he's, he's going to get big endorsements wherever he is. Obviously, New York is where the money is. But also New York's tax situation is probably shithouse as well. So financially, that might be something he factors in too. My point is, it's all about, if it's all about winning, CJ does move the dial a little bit because CJ is a really good second fiddle. He knows his place. If Zion is com- comes back and he plays that star quality, CJ is going to fit right in as a spot-up shooter. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers, your new favorite team, you said. They got Levert. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like yeah. that. I like that. With Jared Allen. With Jared Allen. So the, the two Brooklyn uh, young talents reunited once again. What I want to ask you here is not really about the Cavs or even Indiana. It's more Houston. All they got for James Harden is John Wall because they've either squandered their picks or had to trade back their picks for John Wall to offload Westbrook. And the two key talents that they acquired, which is Allen and Levert, they decided not to keep. Like if they want to build for the future, what, what, what are they doing? Are they, I don't know what's happening there. It's such a sad, sad, sad affair that um, the, the James Harden uh, could have been traded for Karis Levert. Any number of picks, they could have just traded straight up for him. Um, but, you know, they could have had the pick. They could have had Jerry Allen if they wanted. They could have Karis Levert if they wanted. They could have had anybody. And, um, they could have both of the, them. No, the Nets basically, they could have both of them. They basically traded, I think it was like a four-team trade and... It, it was like scraps. Like Jared Allen was like a scrap to, cat, to, to to Cleveland, and it turned out that Jared Allen became an All Star or not. He not he hasn't, but pretty close. He should be an All Star. Let's just be and honest. He should be an All Star. Should year. have been, I reckon. And over Lamelo, I reckon too. And now Karis Levert. I guess you know the the main part of that trade was getting Karis Levert in Houston. I don't even know what happened. Like I don't know why he wasn't in Houston. Like why he got redirected to Indiana, but you know. It is what it is. Went to Indiana. Indiana is rebuilding. And then the Cavs has jumped on it. So basically the Cavs, out of nothing, got Jared Allen and, um, and, 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 and Karis Levert from the James Harden um, trade. And James Harden didn't even stay in Brooklyn. 
and they scored big on the on on the Mobley um, pick. And they drafted well. They got Mobley, and Darius Darius Garland is has is a legit all star, not even a replacement, like a legit legit all star. Um, it's it's just an exciting time for Cleveland out of the shadows of LeBron James leaving, and it just makes me think. The Lakers continue. They did jack shit. They got Russell Westbrook. They got a shit team this year. I don't even know if they make the playoffs. LeBron James' last year of his contract opts out. Maybe he... Maybe it's... This, you know, the, the trilogy. Maybe it's the third time... Third time's the charm. I like that. I like maybe, that. Maybe uh, he returns home. No, I like that. It's, he, You know, he, he takes a gap. He, he, he leaves Cleveland for the first time, goes to Miami. Decides unfinished business. Goes back to Cleveland. Mm. Mission accomplished. Mission <laughs> accomplished. Goes to LA. Lives out his fantasy of being a Hollywood actor. Space Jam 2 happens. Mission accomplished. A little bit because it was a shit movie. He finishes. He wins the Lakers a championship. Mission accomplished. Double asterisks. Double asterisks. You know what? Then... You know, he you know, has a, a down year. Like a lot of injuries. AD is out for a long time. Russell Westbrook is a lemon. He says, look, LA has been fun. I got you what I promised. I'm going home. Again! I'm coming home. Again! <laughs> again, 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 again. I'm going to join these young guys. And uh, you know what? Kevin Love, um, uh, you know, Kevin Love, I'm, I'm back. You know what? LeBron should have asked for a trade this trade deadline. He should have just straight up asked for a trade. <laughs> Imagine. It's like he's like trying to trade Russell. He's trying to trade like, you know, um Taylor no, Wharton, Tucker. No one wants them. Like, Fuck it, trade me. I want out. Trade me. I want out. <laughs> Look, Rob, my hamstring, it's it's hurting. My hamstring is hurting and I've got mental issues. <laughs> I've got mental issues. I need to be back at home in Cleveland with my son. I need to go home. With Bronny. I I'm not discounting that. Honestly, it's yeah, it's very possible. If if it's not the Lakers, because he could actually leave this offseason, because like you know, literally the the Lakers might be a shit show. They have no cap space. AD is constantly injured. No picks. No future. All these guys on one year deals. Entire retooling of this of this roster. Um, LeBron might just be like, fuck it. Like, when what other team was he, would he go to? Like, I mean, he could. Go to Brooklyn on a minimum deal, he could go to the Heat again because you know the box uh, play with Giannis. I mean, these are possible. It's got to be home. It's got to be home. I reckon, I reckon home because Cleveland are a good team and they need that swing wing. I, I you know they they getting solid production from Akoro, but come on, LeBron James, year thirty eight, he still want he'll still be a top fifty player for sure. Come on, come come home. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Uncover that poster. We're all witnesses. Uncover it. I'm excited. I, I like the I, I like the Cavs. I like I'm juiced for the Cavs for some reason. I like them because they, they got my favorite team. My favorite Nets team of all time was Karis Levert, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, D'Angelo Russell. No, I agree. I, and two of them are on the Cavs. Two of them on the Cavs. And when they do an alley to each other, it, it makes me cry. Chef's kiss. I agree with you. Look, it's okay to get emotional. I love that team too. I love that team too. Minus uh, minus uh, D'Lo, I was not a D'Lo fan, but I have I have to agree. Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Okay, I mean, uh, I'm less uh, enthusiastic about Dinwiddie, <laughs> but Jared Allen, Lavert, especially Allen, I think you know. Dinwiddie coin. 
Okay, next. Okay, this is a big one. This is a big one. Porzingis to the Wizards. For, it's Porzingis to the Wizards? What? For Dinwiddie and Bertans? This is a weird move. Yeah, Davis Bertans. Okay, well, now that you obviously didn't hear about it, who... Okay, just... No, no, come on. Like, face just off the top of your head. Just first time hearing it. Who won the deal? Dinwiddie just signed his contract as well. Botans has got a pretty long contract and pretty sizable contract as well. They go to Dallas, um, and they get, and, but uh, the Wizards gets Porzingis to play with Rui, Hachimura, and uh, some good players there. Some, some pretty good players in, 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 in Washington, I, I think. Look, Washington is imploding a bit, and also that's not a great organization, so yeah, I, sure. I don't think you can unlock Porzingis. Sure, sure. But normally, if you're just talking about talent yep. on a better team, I, I still like Porzingis. I do still believe in Porzingis. Mm. Mm. That's fair. He, you know, he grew up again in a dysfunctional Knicks organization prior to Leon Rose. So he's been kind of uh, his growth has been stunted. On the Mavs, I mean, he didn't get along with Doncic, and let's be honest, the Mavs are also not a great organization. There's lots of uh, issues with that organization, both on the harassment, sexual assault front, as well as just infighting and a power grabbing, politicking in that organization. So again, don't blame them. Um, Dinwiddie, uh, Dinwiddie, I'm so done with. I mean, this guy's a wacko. He has, he clearly has mental issues that's been undiagnosed. Bertans. I mean, they gave Bertans like an eighty million dollar contract, so he was supposed to be a sharpshooter. Yeah, big contract. But he hasn't yeah. really panned out. I guess what, what my point is with this trade is I'm, I'm just not sure what's in it for Dallas. I guess like you get something for Porzingis because you have to move off from him. But I certainly don't think Dinwiddie or Burkhans is going to be a difference maker. What do you think? Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, yeah, I think you you nailed it because Burkhans got a big co- contract. Uh, I'm just looking here. He signed a five-year $80 million deal so that's nothing to sneeze at and he's going to be paid 16 million dollars a year for the next four seasons so he's going to be a big part of this team uh and he's obviously going to go opt into his player option uh so Bertans is here for a while Porzingis I'm pretty sure his contract was going to run out um let me just check Porzingis's deal um because I think Porzingis after his multiple injuries is just He's not worth. He's not worth the play he was back. He's not the same play he was back with the Knicks. Mm. He, he's not a great. He used to be such a great defensive player. Like I thought, you know, he, he, his shooting comes and goes. He's not always the best shooter. Sometimes he's, he's on point. He scores forty points a night effortlessly, but his defense was always great. He was such a great good rim protector because he's seven foot two, and uh, he was so athletic. He was crazy athletic for a seven foot two guy, and then all the knee injuries happen, and then he's not the same. He's Scared to guard the the pain basically, and it doesn't work with Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic is also not a great defender. So, I think the Mavs were a bit desperate, like they wanted to unload Porzingis's contract, but Dinwiddie is not a good defensive player. Botans is like you said, on a big contract and is not a good defensive player. Um, it, it's like a weird. Like I right here, like I think it's a weird trade for both teams. And Porzingis has the best upside, but Beal is out for the season and. He, like, he opted in to get surgery. Isn't that you never opt in to get surgery if you're optimistic for the season? Mm. If you think you can still give to the team and and it's 
something minor like a wrist like a wrist surgery, uh, like a wrist injury. Sorry, um, I, I think he quit on his team. Basically, I don't know. I don't know how serious his in, his wrist injury was, but I feel like it's something he could have played through, like with like a wrist guard or something. You know, he could have he could have he could have you know learned to deal with the pain if he had to, but he didn't want to. He wanted to get he opted for the surgery, meaning he's out for the season, which puts his place with the team, his future with the team, unclear. And if Porzingis, like you said, gets unlocked, then it would be a great deal for... It would be a great, you know, great thing for Beal. But seeing as Beal's on his way out and Porzingis is going to be the main guy on this team, I think it's, it's kind of spells disaster. I just don't think the Wizards are the team to unlock him. That's the thing. And I don't think yeah, for yeah, Dimwitty, no, there's anything to unlock. So... Yeah, that's fair. He's already like 29 years old as well. But at the same time, like, I think it's okay to... The deal may be still good, right? Because you just have to make a move to make a move and see if these new players give you anything, right? Because you know what the old players are giving you and it's not working. So as long as you don't give up draft picks and mortgaging your future, I think it's okay to make these back and like, unknown moves, right? Gambles, basically. So that's okay. Yeah, it's a gamble. I was just, you know, I predicted the Mavs to win more. Uh, like, I, you know, win projections. I predicted that the Mavs would win a lot of games because I, I, I had hoped that they would make this big blockbuster trade at the trade deadline to give uh, in, man, Pozingas or not, I don't know if it was going to be included, but I just assumed that they were going to make this big, big deal to try to get a big star to play uh, next to uh, Luka Doncic. And... <laughs> the get was Dinwiddie and Davis Baton. So I'm a little bit disappointed that this is the outcome for my big prediction. Because um, I could tell. I could tell they wanted to keep keep working uh, on this roster to build it around Luka Doncic, to get the best best roster. And they had, they're such a special talent. He's not even 21 years old yet. And, it, you know, the sky's the limit for him. And they just need to get the right mixture of players and rotation around him to 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 really unlock this team. He doesn't need much because he's so good. But it wasn't this. Like this is not the this was not the trade to push him over the top into the top upper echelon of the Western Conference. No. Unfortunately. And it's sad because it just means they have to work in off season to get a better roster. And over the last ten years the Mavs have shown us how how, how well that's been working, right? I haven't seen them work Nothing has turned out for in the offseason since them winning the championships in, what, 2011, 2010? Well, yeah, I mean, like, they got Jason Kidd now, so I think that, like, oh, we both God. respect Jesus Jason Kidd. So we know that there's two places, positions on this uh, organization are locked up. They got the Luka Doncic, they got the franchise star, and they got the head coach, right? So I'm not going to comment on Jason Kidd this today, but... Championship, championship, pedigree... Head coach, Jason Kidd, Hall of Famer, point guard, loves Dallas. I'm just not sure about Luka either. I'm not sure that Luka will want to stay in Dallas if they start losing. What? If they start oh, losing, okay. if they start oh, losing. I think he's not. He's not an easy person to get along with, by the way. Didn't he already sign a huge contract already? Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. he signed the contract. Didn't he sign well, early? What does contract mean anymore? I mean, James Harden oh. had a contract. He like... Fucking like was passing James. He was. You see the video. You, you remember that video of James Harden passing to John Wall. He like just chucked the ball towards half court, and John Wall had to go get it. <laughs> that's that's what. Oh no, he hasn't signed it yet. 
But, right. Know. Well, that's what max contract gets you these days. Okay. The last thing we've got here, you put Bucks signed Greg Monroe, which is not a big deal. I, I, w- I do think this is interesting. I do think that um, interesting that Celtics didn't really make any big trades. They got rid of... <laughs> they, they traded Dan Schroeder away. They got Derek White. But, yeah, that's a big deal. They got, they got Derek, Derek White. White, which is, I guess, their, their key trade. But they also got rid of Dennis Schroeder yeah. and Ennis Freedom Cantor for, <laughs> for Daniel Theis. You know what I think about Schroeder. What does it say that this guy a year ago wanted $90, $100 million from Lakers? And not only did he get, is he a $5 million player now, but basically the Celtics traded him along with another player to get Daniel Tice. <laughs> like, is Schroeder ever going to make any money ever? Uh, <laughs> uh, Dan, what do you think about Schroeder in Houston? Franchise? I think he's going to do well. I think he's going like he's he's obviously the guy with the most experience, and he's going to play as well. He's going to play uh, so well that the Houston Rockets are going to give him a five-year, ninety million dollar contract. Okay, whatever. In okay. offseason. God bless this man. <laughs> Houston need to make us make the salary cap floor anyway, so uh, they have a bit to spend right, this right. offseason. Okay, Cam, we've been talking for a very long time. Um, it's been a very exciting week. Obviously, headline story involves your team once again, your Brooklyn Nets. You've got two of your favorite players on this team now. My uh, 500 Brooklyn, my point, my 50% win Brooklyn Nets. It's a little bit concerning at the same time. 500. The Lakers, I look at the Lakers, they can't win it anyway. They can't win at all. Oh, the Lakers are gone. They're not making the playoffs yet. The next couple of weeks is going to be very exciting, of course. We're going to be anticipating... All-Star. We have the All-Star Weekend first. All-Star Weekend's coming up, but I think we're, everyone's going to be eager to see James Harden play with Embiid. Both the haters as well as the fans. I feel like that's a really exciting storyline. And Ben Simmons. No one's seen Ben Simmons for nine months. And I, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to this. All right, Kang. Thank you, sir. Take care. Go Cavs! Go Cavs. for listening to Your NBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your NBA Podcast.